Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC research team. Welcome to FX Moment, which is part of our FIC Focus podcast series. My name is Audrey Child Freeman. I am the Chief Digital and FX Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence. And today I'm joined by Maeva Kovzin, who is Senior Euro Economist at Bloomberg Economics. Today we focused on the Euro dollar outlook into the second half of the year and into 2024. And while the market has been spending a lot of time focusing on the dollar side of the currency outlook, and in particular on the, the U.S. economy and on the Fed outlook, I think it's just worth spending time on other drivers. And in in our case, and in particular today, I want to talk about the Eurozone uh, macro outlook uh, and to what extent uh, the Eurozone outlook and how the Eurozone economy is shaping into the second half of the year could impact our outlook for the euro dollar. So actually, the price action on euro dollar has been very supportive this summer. You know, we we kind of managed to absorb any kind of negative uh, news on the euro, uh, and in particular any strength and resilience in the U.S. economy. And euro dollar seems to be holding on um, close to uh, the the one one ten level. Um, and we've been bullish on the euro, but there are two key working assumptions that we've had since the beginning of the year that really have yet to be validated. Um, the first working assumption is that, um, you know, is believing in a strong China reopening. And that's certainly being questioned by the news flow we've had out of the Chinese economy uh, in the first half of the year. Uh, and still the summer, and the fact that you know the policy responses so far have haven't really impressed the market, and that for me remains a, con- a concern into the second half of the year, uh, and something that I will certainly uh, be monitoring, uh, you know, into the after the summer, and as we start to contemplate the outlook for late uh, late Q3 into Q4 and into next year. Uh, but I would argue that on the China story, there's probably we're getting close to a situation where there's so much pessimism priced in that uh, the risk reward now may be slightly more favorable than it was, say, three or four months ago. The second working assumption that's very important, uh, and that's ver- that's where we were, we are very lucky to have Maeva joining us today is the euro growth narrative and in particular you know my view was that the relative euro us growth differential uh, was going to turn more supportive for europe uh, into the year and in particular into 2024 yet you know we've been focusing in recent weeks onto the us indicators that have tended to overwhelm and at the same time we haven't talked much about it but the euro indicators have tended uh, to underwhelm. So Maeva, thanks so much for joining us today. And that's taking me into my first question, which is, do you expect the Eurozone economy to outperform um, later this year versus the US? 
or and, and into 2024. I mean, 2024 is the cr crucial uh, element. Hi, Adrian. Thanks for having me. So, yes, I think this narrative of a slightly overperforming euro area economy going into the end of 23 and the start of 24 still holds. Also, the margin has probably narrowed quite considerably. Our view at Bloomberg Economics currently is that the euro area economy will keep growing, albeit at a subdued pace in the end of 2023 and the start of 2024. Our forecast is for growth, quarterly growth of 0.1% in the second half of this year, going up a bit to 0.2% and then 0.3% in the first half of 2024. In contrast, the co our colleagues at, uh, in the U.S. at Bloomberg Economics ex still expect that the U.S. will, will experience um, shallow recession in the fourth quarter of 2023 and the first quarter of 2024. Taken together, we see the euro area economy expanding by 0.9%, 0.9% in 2024 overall, and the U.S. economy by 0.6% in 2024 overall. And if you look at the consensus and the terminal from uh, other economists, uh, we are in the same in the in the same ballpark. So a slight overperforming of the euro area economy going into the end of 23 and the start of 2024. Yeah, and I guess that historically that, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but I also, you know, I also highlight the fact that the the, the growth different, the expected growth differential now versus where it was six months ago has narrowed substantially, as you say. And that's why I'm getting a little bit more nervous or increasingly nervous about the narrative and the fact that, you know, can we really believe that? Um, you know, the euro will, will outperform. So in terms of, you know, what's going to drive the economy higher, what's, what's your expectation for the eurozone? Where do you see growth coming from next, this year and next year? So for us, as I said, it's quite modest growth, you know, 0.1%. It's below our estimates of trend growth not of 0.3%. So you don't need a lot uh, to, 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 to grow by 0.1%. Basically, what we've seen first, of course, is that the economy has been quite resilient to um, the tightening cycle so far. The ECB has already tightened by more than 400 basis points, and uh, the economy has kept expanding slightly uh, over, the last, over the last year. So um, we expect this resilience to continue. So we expect the economy to keep growing below trend, but still expanding slightly. We know that the reopening of China should be helping, um, especially for the industrial sector. There are downside risks, and you've mentioned them, and we can discuss them for further if you want. But it is clear that um, uh, the area economy is more more reliant on Chinese growth than uh, the U.S. economy. So there's a bit more growth coming from a Chinese reopening if it goes well for the euro area than for the U.S. Um, in addition, we know that the euro area has suffered through the end of 2020, 2022, through the end of last year, has suffered from the energy crisis and the, and the um, surge in gas uh, prices. Now that gas prices have normalized, this should also help uh, the euro area industry. So basically, there's a bit more base effects from this uh, ongoing uh, weakness in the end of 2022 that the euro area should be benefiting from. But the risks now, so far, what we've seen um, on the on the surveys in particular, is that 
um, the RRA economy is losing some momentum going into the second half, going into in, into into three Q. That's why we expect growth would slow to 0.1% in three Q from 0.3% in two Q. Yeah, certainly uh, the the softness in the service is what um, you know we've been looking at, and we've been kind of getting a little bit of um, question marks about you know the narrative that that I had on on this relative uh, growth story. Um, so let's move on to on to inflation because that's actually potentially taking me back to another compelling bullish driver for the euro that I've been mentioning since the beginning of the year is that if you expect if we expect the relative growth differential to turn more favorable to Europe and we still do, just uh, just less uh, compellingly maybe than we did at the beginning of the year so then we also expect uh, potentially you know the 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 relative differences in the monetary cycles um to favor more euro upside and that's you know taking me to the uh, expected rate peaks for the fed versus the ecb um and the next big question obviously is the the first potential cut in interest rates uh, that will determine where the relative yield story evolve into the second half of the year and into next year. So let's stick on to, on to the ECB. First of all, onto the inflation outlook uh, and to the ECB rate call. What's, what's your thinking at the moment? So headline inflation in the euro area has peaked quite quite clearly. Uh, it's been falling a lot. It was at 5.3% in July, then from a peak in October last year. So it's been a consistent decline in headline inflation. The problem at the moment is core inflation that has proved a lot more sticky than uh, headline reading. One thing, and it's a bit technical, is that there are lots of base effects and statistical distortions currently pushing up core inflation. So core was at 5.5% in July, unchanged from June. We expect it would still be around 5.4% in August. But what we think is that there are two effects, one coming from very cheap public transport tickets in Germany that were introduced over June to August 2022, so last year, and one coming from the shift or the change in the weights used to calculate the HICP inflation basket from the, for the index. And both those effects have been pushing inflation up, core inflation in particular, through the summer, and that's going to come away in September. So what we think is that inflation will fall below 5% in September, and core inflation will fall below 5% in September and will keep declining from there. And that's why we see some of the pressure on um, the European Central Bank are going to unwind uh, from this focus on, on, on core inflation. That said, and that would take you actually to, your, uh, to the question of the rate peak, that said, this September decline in core inflation will not be published by the time the ECB meets in September. It will be published at the end of the month and the ECB is meeting in the middle of the month. And that means that by the time of the meeting, the ECB won't have this decline in core inflation. It would still have inflation in August at around 5.5, close to 5.5%. And that's what we think will trigger a last rate hike in September. Okay, last rate hike in September. And I suppose September will also have the updated forecast from the ECB. Um, so that's going to be quite quite relevant, quite important from a, from a market perspective in terms of trying to shape and assess when we can start contemplating rate cuts. So um, what's, what's your view on that, on, on the rate cut potential for, for Europe? 
So, yes, as I said, last rate hike to 4% for the deposit rate in September. There's a risk, uh, a pause is still possible, uh, depending on what we see on the core inflation reading in August. And also, the narrative has become a bit less hawkish at the ECB. There's a bit more focus on, as you said, on the forecast. And we're, get, we're getting the new forecast. So, that could give them um, an opportunity to pause in September. But whatever happens in September, and we think it, it's a last 25 basis point hike, uh, then what, the next question is, of course, when uh, we can expect the next or the first rate cut. At the moment, we are pensing in a first rate cut in mid-2024, in June 2024. And the reason for that is that we think that core inflation and headline inflation will both keep falling through the first half of 2024. And we see core inflation actually uh, excuse me, headline inflation actually falling uh, below 2% around July 2024. And by that time, the economy should be soft enough. Uh, the numbers on inflation should have, the outlook for inflation should be reassuring enough or actually could actually start showing some uh, risk of falling below the inflation target uh, that the ECB should be able to start cutting rates very gradually by around 25 basis points a quarter. Okay, thank you very much, Maeva, for joining us today and for presenting your latest uh, views on, on the ECB and on the growth story. Uh, the conclusion, uh, I speak to you on a regular basis and it's very helpful. And the conclusion, uh, I I'm still willing to hold on to, to the bullish outlook we have on the euro, on euro dollar. And that still works from both a euro and a US perspective. But I, I also feel that we must stay vigilant in terms and, and not uh, fall into complacency um, in, with, the, with the view because the data, you know, haven't really been going exactly um, our way and the, the extent that the market was kind of hoping. And I think the market has been kind of very uh, generous and very resilient. I mean, the euro has been very resilient with the news flow that we've had so far. Uh, and I think the market overall is still willing to hold on to that narrative that we've been describing. But I, I also feel that, you know, by the time of the um, uh, after after the summer and into into kind of September, uh, we, we will have to keep a close eye on on the macro news flow again and and see whether we really believe that this um, this narrative can can be pursued into into next year. Uh, so if you have any question, uh, please reach out to myself or to Maeva on, on the terminal. I hope you found today's podcast interesting. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.